Where did you go to school? And who is your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of here! Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and in this week's episode, Jack has been sanctioned. What for? Oh, yeah, all that shit I did. Yeah. Well, that's my frequent flyer, Miles, with Aeroflot fucked. And we'll be discussing why Jack has become persona non grata in the former USSR in a bit, because he knows why, and it's all about local mm, cookers, and know, one in particular. Uh, but just briefly, if we can just go back to last week's special episode for a moment where we interviewed the courageous Rob Anderson. Yeah. I got a ton of great feedback from listeners, and I've passed that on to Rob with our thanks again for his time and bravery. And thank you, listeners, for listening to what was a very tough interview. Yeah, it was a hard listen, but it was a very worthwhile listen. So, look, we're back with another episode, and we've got all your favourites. The Week yes. in Pete Evans, not like he's mm. actually done anything. Some <laughs> be the man, we reach into the vault and find a January 6th cooker, and which Black Hill fuckwit said that? Which I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't know. It's, you it's don't know. That's the whole point. It and we remind listeners that this kind of piss-funny tomfoolery ain't cheap mm-hmm. and ask you, yes, that's you, you freeloaders, if you can help support the show. The conditional release program is free and we bring it to you in open defiance of the cast-iron laws of economics. We saw a demand and we supplied it. So where's your invisible hand, listeners, and what the fuck are you doing with it? Leave your genitals alone just for a minute and pay us some money. Do not make a fool out of Adam Smith. And look, if it helps, keep your genitals going, but just use your mouse fingers <laughs> to pay us money. <laughs> but in other TCRP news, genuine heroes of the show, Sandy and Soz, have got their own podcast. It's fantastic. It's called Tinfoil Tales. It's on the main feed. Episode three is coming out in the next few days. And uh, by going to www.patreon.com backslash conditional release program, you'll have access to all manner of crazy stuff behind the paywall by making a small investment. And we would like to thank Thank our existing patrons for helping us keep this show sustainable. We love you so much. For as little we as $5 a month, and some pay more, you'll have access to all sorts of amazing content and access to us. So hit us up on Patreon if you can. We really do appreciate it. It helps. Yes, please. We do appreciate it. And now it's on with the show. That means it's time for the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. And while the Canberra cookers, or stayers as they like to call themselves these days, still technically exist, they have been whittled down to a handful of people who seem less interested in fighting for freedoms and more just kind of homeless and destitute. (laughs) Like, it's quite sad. It is very sad. I feel like I'm really punching down here a bit, but that's all right. They are still carrying on like pork chops and occasionally being arrested for it, wasting time in our courts and pissing off law enforcement, but the cold is truly testing their mettle and it is getting grim out Ooh, there. Canberra Ooh. this time of year. Beady weather. Oh, it's no good. So in yet another move that completely lacks originality and creativity, they've set up a political freedom embassy in the trees near Old Parliament House. And while the idea of an embassy going set up, makeshift near Old Parliament House has been quite famously done before. Yeah, been done. It's the originality. I will give them originality points for this, how they did it. Ah, go on. They have taken rolls of glad wrap, a shitload <laughs> of them, 
and just simply wrapped them around some trees to create walls. And then they've wrapped a shitload of glad wrap around the top to make a roof. They're kind of human, they're kind of human condoms. <laughs> I did not think about that. But yeah, I mean, they're wrapped like sandwiches. But yeah, condoms I go with as well. And this is the thing. This is the kind of thing you do as a child, except these are grown men and so women. Build a, they've built a fort. Yeah, exactly. It's a cubby house. It's a glad wrap cubby house. And like the entire thing, it's just so hard to believe that all of this is just due to a, having a prolonged tantrum because society has rules and they want to do what they want. It's like, oh, I want ice cream for dinner. Oh, freedom or death. Like, what's your point, guys? Like, is there a point anymore? I guess it's because of pedos, but whatever. Mm. So on the front of this cling wrap tomb this is the first one there's been several and of course by that i mean freedom embassy he says political freedom embassy in the middle with vip freedom fighters <laughs> on the left and then enter at own risk on the Ooh, right that is that is your that is your your, your, it's your spooky, playground it? cubby house <laughs> enter is. at own risk it really is it's what i would have written on a pillow fort when i was 12 it's just insane and this is the thing like it's a vip area what is it, like a vip area like a pokey VIP area where no one's important or possibly even people. I fucking dread to think what lesser freedom fighters are holed up in if the Man. VIPs are living in a glad wrap condom tomb. <laughs> the fuck are just good lord. And like, this is the thing it's an actual death trap. And there's so many reasons why it's a death trap, but there's some very poignant ones. It's, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, look, uh, if, if there's no red velvet, you know, stretching from one bowler to the next, Joel, that's the kind of VIP treatment I want. If there's, no, if that's not there, I don't consider it a VIP area. What I want as a VIP is I want there to be a really big guy who just kicks people out but mm. then lets me straight through. Next thing you need, yeah, big, big, ugly-looking bouncer. But people standing have in front to be kicked out. I can't have people going Prepared in. Prepared to get ugly with, with, uh, with people who aren't VIPs trying to get into the VIP area. Which would be very tricky because if the if the bounce is one of them, he'll have scurvy and carbon monoxide poisoning. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So above the embassy is a bedsheet with David Hurley is protecting <laughs> 28 pedophiles and just, you know, other unhinged ramblings about pedos that are just on all sorts of things. We won't go into too much detail because it's obnoxious no. and stupid. And very silly, yeah. It really is. But the internals of the first embassy, they were a touch cosy. It's not a big space, which was sort of their cho choice. You know, the world was their oyster, right? But that's good for keeping the warmth in. It's very cold in Canberra, as we said. Yeah, very there cold. was a bit of space with some plastic tubs full of necessities. You know, they've, they've got their, their survival <laughs> goods. They're all pack rats and preppers. But they also managed to make little shelves out of more glad wraps. So they've got little spot, oh, spots wow. of their herbs and things. It's it's they're, very clever. They're, they're artists. They're artists. They're glad wrap artists, John. They really are. Uh, like, yeah, like glad wrap architects, hard at work, making blueprints. No. So speaking of keeping the warmth in, they are running fucking outdoor gas heaters to keep the place warm <laughs> inside this plastic fucking tomb of glad wrap. And it is incredible. <laughs> Incredible that this hasn't melted the cling wrap roof. But like that aside, and that's like the obvious, as a general rule, it's just not recommended to use outdoor heaters in closed spaces. <laughs> not entombed in glad wrap. No. no you, like you either have flued ones or you, you need have to you need to flue. Yes, you need to flue. And unfortunately with this, and I'm not going to get all Bill Nye science going here, but incomplete combustion in cheaper heaters, this is the thing that creates carbon monoxide. Basically, if you inhale this scentless gas, it has an unfortunate side effect of death. I you mean, die. you can't smell it. You die. You just fall asleep, but forever. You pass out and you die. That's not good. Not only were they running a gas heater, which is bad, but they were also cooking on a charcoal barbecue. There's a warning on heat beads that says, do not cook these <laughs> indoors. There's a warning. 
on the packet. This is inside a glad wrap fort. Should be right, mate. I mean, this is legitimately dangerous. We're not being alarmist here. This is actually dangerous. In the pictures, you see these guys who look exhausted, and I'm sure they are. And at first thought, I thought, okay, you've got scurvy. There's a severe lack of sleep going on. But it's also just CO poisoning. Like, I mean. Very, very funny. It's not good. Like, you have a good night's sleep, mostly because you're almost dead. So, of course, they're going to get sick from this. They're going to blame the government. Oh, they're using LRAD, blah, blah, 5G. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, like, they're fucking predictable, right? But here you have a bunch of people who routinely smoke darts, eat like shit, and hotbox themselves in actual death chambers who have destroyed their entire lives because some people on the internet convinced them that a few vaccines were bad and that they were freedom fighters. I'm actually looking forward to the shrink wrap shrinking, you know, you know, like the old twisty wrappers used yeah. to do on a heater, and they'll actually be just drawn in together and, and then I guess they'll start dying. Yeah, basically. Um, (laughs) It really, yeah. They'll just be asphyxiated by their little freedom tomb, and their last words will be, "I'm free." Like, yeah, no, free. And I'm dying. So since then, the Cookers have been up to Freedom Embassy version four. Ooh. The previous embassies have been torn down by the federal police, but they just keep putting them up. I mean, how much glad have you got, guys? Where are you getting this from? You clearly got no money. They're buying it. They're buying in bulk, you know. They're they buying, really are. They're buying those Costco ones, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> size, size, size of a house, size Apparently of a bus Apparently it's the pallet packing stuff they're using, which is, uh, you know, because they're real clever, right? Mm. So according to Tally Hose on Twitter, they did not take the last eviction well, Uh-oh. screaming abuse some poor cop. And you just imagine being back at the station going, who's going to do it? I'm not fucking doing it. Send the kid down. No, you can't send the kid down. You know what they're like. Remove the glad rap people. All right, scissors, paper, rock. Scissors, paper, rock. See, oh, fuck. No. Always wins. No, it didn't this time. Get down there and do it. So basically- he had to go down there and tell the kids to, you know, take their cubby house and go home, which never gets a good response. I would <laughs> yell abuse at my parents if they told me to tear down their cubby house. I'd probably punch them. <laughs> the poor torn down. It's just so pathetic. And Ken Barron posts this fantastic still of a cop just walking away with this giant bunch of plastic <laughs> wrap under his arm. It just sums it up perfectly. God, As, these people are insane. I know. And, like, it's just the fact that there's four of them, and they're quite detailed and big, but four of them. So in one of the several incarnations of this very temporary freedom embassy, <laughs> we see yet another charcoal barbecue <laughs> where an excited woman, and I don't name random cookers because I don't want to give them the attention, she exclaims, they're all a bunch of professionals. They're all not, they're not losers. They're yeah, professionals. There's is, teachers. There's not this Chefs. None of your amateur glad rubbish going on here. Exactly. There's such a bizarre sense of pride in this. But all of this is happening while she gloats about the steak on the on the charcoal uh, oh, rotisserie no. centimetres away from glad wrap walls. I'm amazed they're not melting. Honestly, I'm starting to feel like Shrinking the idiot because I look at that. But they're not. Maybe they know something we don't. Maybe Gladrap is actually a fantastic building property. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, no. Well, what I can say is that it does appear on face value that the Gladrap is enclosing them in this odorless death fume uh, <laughs> tomb they've, they've created. And this is all just to avoid the jab. What would you rather, sit in a fucking carbon monoxide tomb or just get a fucking jab? Well, I mean, they've answered themselves, haven't they? They'd yeah. rather sit in the monoxide tomb. This is also to expose the pedophiles as well. Well, that's, that's just it. This is where you know the anti-vax movement has gone. It's gone mm-hmm. from anti-vaccines to screaming freedom, and now it's pedos, you know? Yeah. It's all like they've got 
left to cling on to, and no one, no one wants to listen to them babble about vaccines, and no one wants to babble. I mean, where's there's no, no, one there's no one's impinging on their freedom. So no. now it's pedophilia, something that you know, like everyone sort of dislikes. And also, I like this is all they have left to cling onto with the cling wrap. Ah, oh, very good. Very yeah, good. yeah, very good. did yes, not go was. unnoticed. Very nice. Thank so you. look, this is very funny, but it's also very sad. And I think it we all sort of agree sad. on the fact that this is a cult mentality here, and they literally have nothing else in their lives. They're sort of victims of a huge grift, and these are the foot soldiers, and let's face mm. it, the rubes and the idiots. How yeah. long will it take before the Freedom Embassy either blows over, catches fire, or just melts from the heat? Well, probably more time than it takes for the AFP to cut it down. But hopefully, <laughs> before someone actually gets killed, they give up making fucking glad rap fort and cooking meats in them on charcoal. For <laughs> God's sake, stop. <laughs> that, that glad rap's going to melt into the skin too, you know. <sighs> Ooh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, very, very funny. A little bit sad. Mainly very funny. It is very um, funny. But it's yes. a little bit sad. And in other sort of real, real extreme cooker news, there was been some analysis of uh, of the groups that were present outside and inside the, the Congress building on January 6th. You see, the GOP, the Republican Party, would have us believe these were ordinary Americans, yeah. you know, just practicing their right to protest. That's their position. That's yep. their position. These are just normal people going about there, you know, being feeling a bit frustrated. You know, that's how they justify that only two Republican members of the House, now ostracised by their party because of it, are on the House committee investigating what happened on January 6th. There are only two Republicans and they're both facing some fairly tough primaries now. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So we've got the, the ordinary people thing, but let's not forget the fact they did try and blame this on anti-fascists or should I say Antifa. Antifa. Antifa when it on January 6th. Immediately yeah. it's Antifa. Yeah, that was an MTG, Marjorie Taylor Green uh, exclamation oh, on January 6th. It's Antifa, Antifing again. Ugh, um, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but those ordinary people, you know, that ordinary people argument that they, that the GOP put forward misses or at, least, or at least obscures the extent to which the capital riders were linked to dangerous groups and ideas. Ooh. According to research from START, and that's a non-government group, a US national consortium for studying terrorism and the responses to terrorism, START, there's the acronym, at least 280 of the individuals charged with committing crimes on Jan 6 were associated with extremist groups or conspiratorial movements. I'm just going to quickly come in here and say, the Americans fucking love an acronym and it's almost painful. I blame the Patriot Act entirely. I swear to God that was the start of the end. And now everything, especially bills in Congress, have these like ridiculous acronyms with these like massively reaching things. Yeah, we're pretty good at it here too. <laughs> we love an acronym uh, in Australia as well, but it's, it's it's much beloved of bureaucrats and governments. Oh, catchy title. Get past it. Um, but START is, as I say, a non-government group and they've identified 280 of the individuals charged. So it's not just, you know, that, they've, uh, that, there, were, that there were people sort of milling around, but 280 of those charged with committing crimes on January 6th were parts of extremist groups or conspiratorial movements. Mm. And this includes 78 defendants who had links to the Proud Boys, a group with a history of violence, 37 members of the anti-government Oath Keepers, militia, 31 individuals who embraced the similarly anti-government and militant views of the Three Percenters movement, and 92 defendants who promoted aspects of QAnon. Considering that we are just beginning to learn about the Capitol defendants on the and the extent of their conspiring ahead of the riot, both from the Select Committee and from court appearances, 
this, these numbers are certain to grow. So there'll be more than 280. There, yeah. there will be literally thousands of prosecutions. The FBI is still trawling through uh, video footage and still charging people here and there. You'd be shitting yourself. So basically, there's 280 identified with various groups, and we've mentioned a few, constitutes about one-third of the so-called ordinary people who've been charged, a yeah. little bit more, actually, of all the people who've been charged over the January 6th insurrection. That's a lot. Or attempted coup, you know, yeah. <laughs> whichever way you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, over a third are members of extremist groups. Some like Oath Keepers are well-known to listeners. Others like Super Happy Fun America. You heard what? them, Joel? No, that's fantastic, Super though. Super Happy Fun America. I want to join. The Woodland Wild Dogs and American First, America First Bruins are okay. not so well-known. I'll go through a few more of them if you like. Texas Freedom Force, I, oh, Texas Three Percenters, American Patriots, Genesee County Volunteer Militia, Fuck, they the love People's militias. Rights, State of Appalachia, yeah. Unknown Virginia Militia. Ooh, that is good. That is in the title. It's like if you know about <laughs> us, we need to change our <laughs> that's name. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we are unknow- unknowable, perhaps. I still like Super Happy Fun. I'm, all, I'm about that. That's yeah, cool. it's it's quite crazy. And there's there's this great list of of how they're all kind of connected. The Fraternal Order of the Alt Knights. Unknown <laughs> skinhead groups, America First Bruins, we mentioned before, Aryan Nations, the wow, Unforgiven, good. all linked to sort of white supremacist nationalist yeah, groups, good. Proud Boys, QAnon, and they're all linked. That's the amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, that's concerning. Yeah. Um, one third belong to extremist groups. You know, that you would think, oh, it's only one third, you know, it's not the majority, you know, it can't be that bad, but it well, is very fucking bad. It's bad. That's bad. Uh, you know, imagine being in a workplace where one third of the staff are extremists. Yeah, you know I mean? just We're going to the footy. Watch the Swannies at the SED to find around 10,000 of the total crowd of right-wing shitheels. Imagine that. Yeah, you know, that is pretty One brutal. third is a very ugly fraction when it comes to violent extremists hell-bent on causing chaos. I also like the fact that you've just implied that the Swans get about 30,000 to a game. Was that like a backhanded slight? No, no, it's 30,000. No, it's – well, I think the SED takes about 45. They generally get about high 20s, 30s. What do they get at the MCG on a big Carlton game? 50, yeah. 60? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlton, Carlton Collingwood, 80, 85. Yeah, yeah. Just say, I just thought it was a nice little, nice little back. No, I, that was that was my pro Swannies mention that one. Oh, yeah. well, okay. uh, and and it always it's a lovely day at the footy, and it would be horrible if ten thousand of those people were, as it turned out, right wing shitheads. It would, you know? it would. Although I'd say at least a thousand are, but like that's way less. Yeah, but look, according to the start analysis, many of those one third uh, do as we always kind of thought they would do, and that's yeah. moved seamlessly from one extreme group to another, from yeah. the Q-line groups to Sovsits, ultra nationalists, uh, white supremacists, etc. Yeah. It's whack a mole because you know you you take one out and then another one comes up, and people just gravitate toward whatever's going on at the time. Yeah, but they're, but they're spread, but these are sort of influential people within those groups moving around into other groups and then radicalising people one by one in the space of a day or a morning. I mean, people, this is the other thing that was really stunning about January 6th, that people were radicalised basically in the space of a day, maybe a week. They were upset. They thought that Trump had won and so forth. And then they heard Trump's speeches and they heard Giuliani and they heard this and then they were ready to go and do things some of them would never have contemplated doing. So many of them were ordinary people who were just completely cooked and then you had these instigators who made them do things that are going to wind them in jail. I mean, you don't go from 
normal person to insane rioter yeah. unless something extraordinary happens. And yeah, this exactly event right. was extraordinary, and that's why we're looking into it so yeah. deeply because it's that, just so bizarre. It's why it needs to be looked into so deeply because virtually every single one of the extreme right groups in America were represented that day, and they were in the business of radicalising people as they went. Yeah. The emerging view of the January 6th House Committee is that Trump knowingly or otherwise was able to press these people's buttons. And when I say unknowingly, I, I'm not convinced that he knew the full extent of this, that he's yeah. smart enough. I actually think Donald Trump is pretty fucking stupid. That's yeah. my opinion. And there's a lot more factors at play, a lot more players yeah, involved. there are, there are. Now, ultimately, the House Committee won't lead to Justice Department prosecutions of Trump, but it may in relation to willing shit heels, I've used that word again, to subvert <laughs> a democratic election like yeah. Mark Meadows or the yeah. treacherous Justice Department wannabe Attorney General Jeffrey Clark, who told Trump, you can send the college electors back and ask them to reconvene the states. Sure, it's illegal, but why not do it? Oh. You know? So Just Jeffrey Clark, sure it's illegal. You are going to jail, Mr. Oh, Clark. Fuck. Uh, and he was the one who basically tried to uh, unseat acting Attorney General, uh, which is Rosen, um, and uh, basically just undermining him and secret meetings with Trump and all this sort of stuff. Jesus really, Christ. really bad. But what the House Committee will find, and it is again what we kind of already knew, the protesters broke into the Capitol building are not ordinary people. No, they were vicious extremists, and every single one of them who can't cut a plea deal is going to jail, and some for the rest of their lives. And the conditional release program is proudly brought to you today by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, the baddest motherfucker on the planet. A Foreign Minister Lavrov is not only orc-like ugly, proving once and for all that in life you get the face you deserve, but he's sad. Aww. And he's sad because he's been sanctioned. Aww. He loved to travel the world and bring Vladimir Putin's message of peace, love and strontium poisoning <laughs> to the globe, but now he can't because the West thinks he might have knocked off a bit of gear to cover the cost of his Renaults at his Dakar on the Black Sea. Aww. That third tennis court and helipad ain't going to build itself, you know. That's what I say all the time. Sergei may never see the Eiffel Tower, which he thinks is a bourgeois Meccano said. <laughs> the White House, Trump won, and Sergei has the emails from Julian Assange to prove it, or call in the bricklayers at the Brandenburg Gates to finish what they started in 1961. Walls make better neighbours. Yeah, too true. Why, he can't even masturbate over the image of Julie Bishop's legs anymore, oh, which used to keep distracting him from agreeing with Vlad to roll out the tanks and make like it was 1942 all over again. Oh. The Russian Foreign Ministry, just say da, and we'll let you go. Psych! <laughs> I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... And with the soothing sounds of easy listening protester for freedom and smashing tellies, Thanos Paniades wading gently across our Port Melbourne piers, it means it's time for which black pill fuckwit said that? The quiz show that asks, just how many fuckwits are there? And when does the culling start? Can't we at least start in four sterilisations? Yes, Food for please. thought, Joel. Yeah. And if you're successful in today's show, Joel, you'll win a pair of underpants laced with Novichok. Oh, good. Pull them on and feel the comfort. Yeah. Comfort that's quickly replaced by intense fever, itchiness, shitting in that fine underwear before a hideously painful death. The real victim of the undies. Fortunately, a man who likes beer as much as you do can quickly remove the poison from your system, flushing it out through the urinary tract after necking 12 cans of cherry plum beer or whatever the fuck you're drinking right now. <laughs> Pure blonde. So you'll be all right. You'll be all right with an overchart. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah of you know, course I will. You'll shit that fine underwear, that new underwear that you've got. Which is upsetting. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find good underwear yeah, these days. It's Yeah. It's troubling, but it's it's, troubling. it's, it's not going to kill you. I'm a troubled guy. Just keep drinking that cherry beer. <laughs> um, and today's questions are all listener contributions, which is an excellent thing. I think it's our very first time. Uh, mm. It's an excellent thing. It means I have had no work to do at all. Bless. The first question comes from good friend of the podcaster, Alistair. G'day, Alistair. Hey, mate. And the quote goes like this. The Chinese Communist Party are benefiting greatly from the well-organised shutdown of our economy through the brainwashing indoctrination of the green agenda of adults and children alike and the destruction of our social institutions just such as the family unit and even what it means to be a man or a woman. Jesus Christ. Our country is in tatters while China rises at a rapid rate. The world order is being restructured right before our eyes. China is playing this beautifully. Our politicians have let us down, in parentheses, by design, following orders, and our people, through their willful ignorance, have not held them to account. We need change. Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful. Loves the Chinese, eh? They played it beautifully. Yeah. Was that Ralph Babbitt, UAP Senator-elect for Victoria, Joe? Congratulations. He's got the gig. He's got up. Worst $100 million, and we've got Ralph Babbitt. He's the worst. He sucks so much, and... Going back to Kyle Mitchell, going back to all the bullshit that he's just been wanking on about. He's obsessed with Clash Schwab. He's going to be such a pain in the ass, and I cannot believe he can speak freely in a room that's got no defamation laws. I just, anyway, let's move on. Oh, no, congratulations for his. <laughs> he can go fuck himself with a spiky tree. I mean, good Ooh. work, mate. Enjoy that champagne, you yeah. absolute flog. You colossal flog. Enjoy the comp car. I hope you um, And yeah. uh, look, this is the other thing. Once they sit in those big red seats, Joe, they go, oh, this is. Nice. I want yes. like this. I'll be well, Enjoy it for six years because you're not getting back in, dickhead. And Clive will be on the phone to him all the time saying, don't do this, do this, vote this way. And Ralph will go, I am a human man. And yeah, I that's will, it. And I will make my own choices and then he'll cease to become relevant. I'm a free man in the Senate. That's one of the possibilities. Ralphie Babbitt, UAP Senator-elect uh, from Victoria. Good on you, Victoria, you bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, Queensland the heroes this time, assholes. The was it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Trump is the only one that can save us from China, if only he won the election. Yeah. Or was it Tini Wenny Malcolm Roberts? We need to unite the freedom movement behind one nation. Not the UAP, not yeah. those bastards, no, splitters. No. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, splitters. Or was it Rod Carlton, the Ritz have no seals, so thus they are unlawful. Not dumb enough to be Marjorie Taylor Greene. Malcolm Roberts doesn't really speak. Oh, maybe. Oh, I'm going to go with Rod. Oh. No, Joel, no. This is Ralphie. This is Ralphie. This, this is the was Ralph. Shooting. This was Ralphie. This is the kind of shit he talks about. Oh, my God. So I thought Ralph had deleted so much of his social media that no one had any Skerricks left, but yeah. Well, thank you, Alistair. Yes, and and I can confirm that it was, in fact, Ralphie Babbitt. And the Chinese Communist Party are... Mm, collective, collective, uh, collective now's not his go. Uh, the <laughs> Communist, Chinese Communist Party are benefiting greatly from the well-organised shutdown of our economy. So he's kind of normal, you know. Yeah. Oh, this is what we've got to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, you know, there, there is this sort of idiot's wing uh, in the Senate and he'll just take up a big spot there. 
Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And hopefully he goes in the 730 report ill-advised and is <laughs> destroyed by whoever's hosting at the time. <laughs> and, and, and and needs the jaws of life to be removed from the seat afterwards. Oh, he, completely. You know, we put, you know, just put my head in first. You know, you- Imagine yeah. Laura Tingle just eating him alive. I- I relish at the thought. Yeah, uh, just, well, I'm very just, sad about that. That's Yeah, that's- very sad about that. Looks like those underpants may not come your way, but two out of three, I reckon I reckon you're still there. Yeah, it's lower dose. This comes, this is a beauty. Uh, it comes from Bosom Buddy of the podcast, Ben. G'day, Ben. Bless your Thank heart. you for this. Thanks, Ben. Here it is. And why their due process rights are being so fragrantly and horrifically violated. Mm. Fragrantly and horrifically violated. That's very good. Was that her pussy smells like Chanel number five, Gabrielle Coco Chanel? Ah, just like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I didn't put uh, 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 Gwyneth's not in this list, but... uh, Gabrielle Coco Chanel, the founder of Chanel, and I think also uh, the scent Chanel Number no. Five. Mm, very nice. Oh, oh, was it? Her pussy smells like napalm in the morning. Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Mm, smells well like sm- smells like victory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or was it her pussy smells like Vladimir Putin has been down there on the growl? Candice Owens. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or was it her pussy smells like cordite and spent nine millimetre rounds? Laura Bobert. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it would too. Uh, look, just for the record, I don't see these before they were put into the script and I'm going with, oh, Candice Owens. Oh, no! What? MTG again. Really? Her stupidity knows no bounds. No. Yeah. Pro- due process rights being fragrantly and horrifically violent. And she wrote that and didn't say it, right? No, no. Of there's course. actually a speech. Uh, I was sent a speech uh, from Ben. Thank you very much, Ben. And she clearly says fragrant. Ah, fantastic. Well, <laughs> if you can't make a terrible, terrible mistake in the text, you've got to really make sure you clearly fuck up in speech. Yeah, she loves the smell of my palm in the morning, Joe. <laughs> she does. Uh, there you go. And this, our final one, <laughs> looking like you'll still be wearing those old undies with the holes in them with one with one of your nuts hanging out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really sad for you, Joel. Liz will uh, relate but to that. look, see how you go with this one. And this one comes from uh, a long-time listener, uh, a Patreon, and sometime contributor, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Mm. And this is the... We've spoken about the Netflix series Stranger Things many times before. Those episodes hold a lot of clues about what's happening in the skies and what's on the horizon. Oh, God. Okay. Seems like it's happening in real time. Is it, though? Yeah. I haven't seen a series, so not, I'm a little bit blind there. But which gibbering paranoid fuckwits you that? Was it gibbering paranoid, keeping fear alive so the money keeps rolling in, Monica Smith? Yeah. Was it gibbering paranoid, holy fuck, have you seen the price of Bitcoin? Better get on the grift again, Pete Evans. He's been listening. <laughs> Was it gibbering paranoid, angry at clouds, sir, I'm afraid the FBOS machine says your accounts have been frozen due to charity fraud. <laughs> Dave O'Neags. Yes, they have. Or was it gibbering paranoid? If you're not going to put on a mask, can you at least put on some shoes, you fucking deadbeat cunt? Mitchell Orville. I don't know who the last one is. I'm going oh, with Dave O'Neags. just a hideous anti-vaxxer from a little while back, and he and his Instagram influencer um, uh, partner uh, were, were ordered out of a Gold Coast uh, hotel. Uh, and, and they got in the, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. And they said, well, can you at least put some fucking shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Is it Dave? Anyway. 
It is yes. one of y'all. <laughs> he loves his clouds. He does love his clouds. He's all about his clouds. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I don't know. I don't think you've. I, I think you've just won half of the underpant. And I'm going to um, get sick, but not a lot. No. Yeah. 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 You'll drink your way out of it. Yeah. I'm sure of that. I'm already starting. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You've got to get. Got to get that bladder just. You know, just rolling through a schedule there. Uh, but that's enough of those multiple choice questions. They're they're messing with their minds. There's only one truth: sovereign truth. Free man on the land truth, or free man living in a van down by the river truth. They're sausages. It's their world. We only rent it, and that's why it's time for sausages v the man. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you go into the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. This week in Sobsits Fear the Man, we are diving into the vault and going back to a January 6th prosecution from September in 2021. Mm, it even goes as far as yes. back as June. 54-year-old Pauline Bauer, a pizzeria owner from Pennsylvania, found herself in front of U.S. District Court Judge Trevor McFadden, who was, as a side note, actually appointed by Donald Trump, doing her absolute best to go to jail and stay in there for as long as possible. Good So Bauer was indicted June 4th on various trespassing charges, you know, typical Jan 6 writers. I'm not going to go into a list. It's huge. But nothing like seditious conspiracy. There's none of this crazy, big jail term stuff. Court reporter Scott McFarlane described her in court as a uniquely and profoundly self-destructive episode where (laughs) Bauer faced low-level charges and was unlikely to face much jail time, if any. And this is despite being captured on film at the Capitol saying this. We want them out here. You bring them out or we're coming in. Bring them out now. They're criminals. They need to hang. Bring her out. Bring Nancy Pelosi out here now. We want to hang that fucking bitch. Bring her out. We're coming in. If you don't bring her out, what are you trying to protect? A fucking Nazi? Is that what you're protecting? So that's gibberish, of course. But, like, Man. imagine yelling that. Like, that's just her just <laughs> stream of conscience, just <laughs> yelling in a crowd. Just bizarre behaviour. So in her first appearance via Zoom, she told the court that, quote, I am here by special divine appearance, a living soul. <laughs> oh, we go. Here we now go. Now that she didn't want an attorney because I do not stand under the law. Under Genesis 1, God gave man dominion over the law. Oh. And understand, stand under is a whole subset thing I'm not going to go into, but you clearly know she knows her shit. She then contradicted this entirely in a later hearing with McFadden, and I'm going to give this one to you, Jack, where she said, I, Pauline, a living soul, and continued and continued with, he gave man dominion over the land, not the law, the land. McCadden mm. mm. came back with Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. That's the judge saying, I am not a person. Bauer insisted while claimed to have diplomatic immunity in appearing as a self-described friend of the court. I'm a yeah. friend of the court. Just popped just in. Just popped in. How is everybody, by the way? Amicus, good? Amicus <laughs> mate. Don't worry about it. So this is the thing. Like, I mean, I, I'm almost impressed with the hubris, but being Amicus doesn't work if you're the defendant. Even then, that doesn't somehow give you this bizarre sense of diplomatic immunity. And also, you can't just go into court and say, Oh, well, these charges don't stick. I'm not a person. Oh, I'm afraid of the court. It is a great, great strategy, though. <laughs> Anytime a cop pulls me over, I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't speeding. I'm not driving. I'm not even a person. And they'll say, I'm sorry, sir. Have a good night. 
That's what they'll say. So due to her absolute inability to behave normally by video, the judge said, this is a quote, Ms. Bauer was removed from the video proceeding due to her inability to show qualm and decency to the court. Seems reasonable. Hmm. She was then ordered to appear in person, and this eventually resulted in her being thrown in jail for refusing to accept the conditions of her release. She's going I mean, really well. But it's just like Monica Smith. It's like an American Monica Smith. She's actually trying to go to jail here. <laughs> So the judge did throw her a lifeline at the last minute. I'm going to let you read this because it's great. And this judge says to her, last chance, are you going to follow my orders? She replies, judgment day is going to come for all of you who are making money of mankind. And the judge replied, I'll take that as a no. Yeah, I'll I'll just, uh, yeah, just no. Just no. So Bao was then taken back to jail where she languished for months on a charge that may have only been a slap on the wrist. Bauer is a classic subset and a she's beauty. serving up this kind of bullshit at the court on a regular basis. This is a snippet and I had to choose it carefully because, to be honest, I could have done this for minutes. Nah, it's a beauty. I, me, Pauline Bauer, the living soul, a creation of God, a woman, as one people, demands the removal of any and all actors, attorneys, lawyers, and all other known or unknown entities purported to be representing, (laughs) it's an RE hyphen presenting, purported to be representing, representative, or acting for the benefit of Pauline Bauer, the living soul before the court under the court as a friend of the court. She's a friend of the court, of course, we already knew that. Or any other capacity, known or unknown, to cease and desist immediately. Cease and desist. Now. It's Everybody. gibberish. It's poetry, though. It's gibberish, but it's also <laughs> sobsit poetry. Beautiful. She had paragraphs of this. I had to pick a bit because otherwise it would be this sobsit yeah. hour with Pauline does, Bauer. Does get a little tired. Can't have that. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. you, you'd all get bored while I'm here, like having the greatest time of my life, just cracking mangoes and talking shit. So, due to her refusal to follow the conditions of her release, she has been in pretrial detention from September 17th last year. Yeah. She's done nine months. In March, she begged for her freedom, saying, I was wrong not to agree to your terms. You were. She said, appearing via video from jail. My father suffered a stroke. My sisters are overwhelmed. I just wondered, you know, I hope I wasn't out of line. She's basically saying, I just wondered if you would consider my release to home confinement so I could take care of my father. And McFadden declined her request, which (laughs) I'm going to say is kind of sad. I mean, like, she's one of the funniest people I've seen in this sort of sub-sit sort of scenario, but she's also just a victim of this fantasy maga cult bullshit that made her believe that she was above the law due to some sub-sit cheat codes she saw on Telegram, and it's just, like, fundamentally incredibly depressing. I mean, she can't take care of her dad. For yeah, fuck's sake. I, 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 she, she's run the old. I hope I wasn't out of line by saying judgment is coming your way, judge. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, look, I've had a bit of a chance to think. Uh, it is one of these places where you do get a time for self reflection. Got a bit of time for reflection. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh, just wondering if uh, you could let me go. And the answer was no. And after months of detention, legal wrangling, McFadden told Bauer, frankly, for your sake. I'd like to get this tried. I'd like to give you an opportunity to make your case. And finally, after a year of procedure <laughs> and about nine months of detention, yeah, nearly 10, yeah. Bauer's trial is set for July 5th this year. And, I mean, let's just face it, even though she's done the penance and she's begged for freedom, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, well, I've got just two words, Joel. Van. And River. It's it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> if, she's lucky, happen if she's lucky, if she's lucky. Oh, look, I was really wrong. I thought you were a 
you know, in hindsight. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant. I received a text from a colleague at the Oz uh, late on Thursday night. I had made the list. And I clicked the link he sent, which looked suspiciously like some virus-riddled spam. I thought, yeah. it was, thought it was a joke at first. But it only t- took me to the website of the Russian Foreign Ministry. And having only a passing knowledge of the Russian language and scanning the odd geometric shapes and backwards letters uh, of the acrylic script that I've always thought were made up. Have you always have you looked at acrylic yeah. and gone, that looks a bit made up? It's Lego and pieces. It, it's all bullshit. <laughs> anyway, Backwards I made eyes, no sense bullshit. of it. All I knew was that there was a list and I was on it. It ended up being a Russian ministry sanctions list. Mm. The Russian foreign ministry has declared me and, a hun- and 120 other Australians Russophobic, placed us all on a stop list and are now forbidden entry to the... <laughs> Russia Federation on an indefinite basis. Aww. And this followed a list of 180 prominent Australians sanctioned by the Russian Federation three months ago, not long after the invasion. Mm -hmm. In a column at the Australian last Friday, I wrote, I may now never know the joys of walking Russia's endless tundra, flying aeroflot, dangerous business, or drinking cold purple soup. (laughs) It's not bad. I'm not Russophobic, which is an odd term that literally means a clinically diagnosed fear of all things Russian. I have no problem nor any disagreement with Russia's 145 million people, uh, just those few Russians who run the place. If I was going to be put on a list for any particular irrational fear, I would have said spiders. I'm kind of scared of Russians, but that's a whole other story. Mainly spiders. It's it's spiders with me. They're kind of scary. They're pretty intense. In reality, it was an especially random list, and while I'm proud to be on it, there are a great many journalists, including some friends who are actually reporting on Russia's invasion of Ukraine in Ukraine, yeah. you know, <laughs> who have gone unsanctioned. And one dear friend I worry about every time I see him wearing a flak jacket with the word press embossed on it, and it's not a prop. He it's not Arvi are- Yemeni wearing a press T-shirt he bought on fucking <laughs> eBay. I did serious business. He and others are covering the war in Ukraine, often in parts of Ukraine where Russian artillery and missiles are raining down. Yeah, and he and other uh, others reporting from Ukraine in terrifying circumstances were not on the list. Mm. And while other journalists around Australia called and expressed disappointment, they weren't on the sanctions list, which is very funny. I mean, it really was a funny day on Friday. It was very funny because it's such a badge of honour for journos to be on the list. (laughs) I I had a certain cartoonist from the uh, Daily Telegraph ringing me up and saying, I draw Putin as this tiny little psychotic (laughs) man and nothing. I got nothing. And I had to tell him, you know, I think you have to accept, you know, that maybe Vladimir Putin doesn't read the Daily Telegraph. And look, if he did, he'd be very upset. He'd be very upset. What about, like, Matt Bevan from Russia? Are you listening? And the, and the answer is clearly no. Yeah. Apparently they're not listening because you're listening. not on the list. Uh, don't really care about any of that. Yeah. Literally answer the question in the name of the podcast, though. Russia, are you listening? <laughs> well, according to this list, no. Sergei Lavrov, it does not listen. No. And Vladimir Putin does not listen. Yeah, you know, there's a list of 121 Australians in, in, that included Ida Butros, Gina Hancock, and Andrew Forrest. It also included the head of the ADF, General Angus Campbell, and South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis was the only politician on the list. You know, the majority were journalists. And one thing I've learned from this is a comparison of Peter Malinowskis and Vladimir Putin. Peter Malinowskis is buff. Yeah. That dude's got muscles. He'd kick Vlad's ass. Yeah, he would. He'd kick Vlad's ass. He would, wow. And maybe that's why he was on the list. Yeah, just out of um, general dick envy. 
<laughs> I, I can only imagine to the Gina Hancock and maybe Andrew Forrest, they might be somewhat restricted by. by Is she going by Hancock now or Reinhardt? Oh, Reinhardt, yeah, sorry. I should have said Reinhardt. I, oh, I you're just old She'll school. always be. You're showing your age. She'll always be Black Lung Lang's daughter to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, her old man! What a horror show he was. I remember yeah, him really- eating asbestos on on television to no. try and prove that it was not, not dangerous. How'd that go for him? Ah, well, he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's this long list. It was nice to be a list. You know what they called what was described in the media without me getting mentioned very often was a list of 121 prominent Australians. Ooh! So that was yeah, a major ego rub. And the Order the, of Australia is coming next. Got the opportunity to say to a lot of my colleagues, "Look, I know you've been hanging a bit on Vladimir, but you know, I just don't think it's enough. Got to um, work harder. Uh, yeah, work harder. See how you get on. We're not hiring right now, no. but you know, keep working hard." Head down, bum That's up, it. and see how you get on. You know, yep. see if you can join me on the sanctions list. So we had a had a great deal of fun. Next wave of redundancies, maybe we're looking for an intern. Yeah, look, I, I was very happy, very happy to be on it, and it was a very funny day on Saturday, uh, on Friday, I should say. And it went on, uh, went on over the weekend. I was getting calls from families saying, "Are you all right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll be okay. Should be all right. You know, I'll have to cancel that trip to Moscow. Um, but but yeah, I was very happy to be on it. Sure, but I wondered why me. You know, I haven't written extensively on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I flipped back through my columns going back to the invasion until I came to one, and and really the one that fit the profile. And that was a column on the one and only Simeon Boykov, explaining to readers who he is and what he's been up to. And after that column was published, Boykov threatened to sue me. And I, I think it's, <laughs> it's more than 10 weeks. I've got 10 weeks written here, but it was it's, it's probably the best part of 20 weeks later. Yeah, I'm still while. waiting for the writ. Yeah. You know? what, not holding my breath anymore. Uh, considered it a genuine threat, uh, but clearly Boykov would have to sue the publisher, Nationwide News, which is a news corp, yeah. rather than me. You know, and that's, you know, you're going to really think before you do something like that. You know, it's a bold move. Bold. It's bold. Yeah. It's bold slash stupid. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to no, bend Robert Smith yourself. And I did did give the bosses head up, and but they haven't heard a peep out of Boykoff either. No. Nah. Uh, the list itself babbled briefly about Russophobics as if that's a thing. It's actually not a thing. But in one of the more, a few more extensive documents that I've uh, had passed to me, and I thank my Ukrainian friend Slava for this, and this is one of the few documents made available from the Russian Foreign Minister which included an ex- explanation of a kind. Mm. It's a long document, pages and pages long. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll deal with the deal with those relevant bits that deal with the rest of the world and then to Australia, uh, and here's a section of it. In Australia, immigrants from Russia face manifestations of hostility in various areas of public life. Where? Anyway, yeah, I'll totally. keep reading. This is evidenced by the numerous peoples of our compatriots to Russian embassy. Among other things, they indicate hostility towards them in everyday life and the creation of an atmosphere of intolerance for Russian students in schools. Haven't heard any of this. What? No. Anyway. At all. They go on to say, our compatriots have the image of a respectable and law-abiding part of Australian society and, as a rule, do not face discrimination on ethnic, linguistic or religious grounds. Oh. Oh, that's good. At the same time, the activities of activists of the Russian diaspora on the green continent... (laughs) Uh, under the close <laughs> attention of local competent authorities, in particular the Ataman of the Australian Embassy Department of the Union of Cossack Warriors of Russia and abroad, S. Boykov, yeah. was interrogated for contacts with members of the armed formations in the Donbass. So there it is. That's yeah, it right is. there. 
Boykov is, I think, the only person named in that document that is part of the Russian diaspora there besides other references. You know, I'm on the list for bringing Boykov's activities, his, his attachment to the freedom and anti-vax movements for purposes of recruitment and to disseminate pro-Russian propaganda and also to explain to readers what he's been up to in terms of his visits to the Donbass region where he was posed in Russia, where he posed in Russian military fatigue bearing arms. You know, I mean, these photos have been widely available. And he's just yeah. this cosplayer, but somehow they're taking him seriously. Just incredible. Well, it would seem so. And as I said before, his ASIO file must read like, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 25 volumes and a couple of indices, you know, big. <laughs> big like him. Just so you know what I wrote about him. Um, not that I'm complaining about being sanctioned. It's not that at all. But just this is what I wrote. You're fucking loving it. So there's no complaints here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining about it at all. Very funny. Uh, but this is this is what I wrote about Boykoff on, the, on February 25th. Simeon, the Aussie Cossack Boykov, took to YouTube last night to speak to the 150,000 followers on his channel. He regurgitated the nonsense that Putin had ordered the invasion of Ukraine to bring about, and I quote, demilitarization and denazification in the second largest country and land area besides Russia, in Europe, that should be. It was textbook pro-Putin cheering with a little consolation thrown in of the don't worry, this will soon be over type. Well, here we are. That was... That was just uh, the week after the invasion, and here we are in yeah. Germany, still going. Boykov is, is uh, Sydney-born but received education in Russia. Now known as Ataman, uh, Boykov is a fifth-generation Australian of Russian heritage. His father was a Russian Orthodox priest who sought to preserve Russian language and culture within the household. Uh, Boykov studied at the Stratensky Monastery in Moscow when he was 18. The monastery has close ties with the KGB agency successors, the FSB, and the Foreign Intelligence Service, SV. Mm. Boykov now leads a group known as the Aussie Cossacks. Uh, estimates in their numbers vary, perhaps 150 or 200 Cossacks cosplay in Russian military uniforms. Yes, they do. And according to a Russian website, this is still in my column, Boykov said of his time at the monastery, one might say that while I was studying there, I was, well, we must not say recruited, right? Mm. Basically, I fell under the influence of right-thinking pro-Russian elements. They began to fashion a pro-Russian adult from a young Australian. They're his own words. That's so much self-awareness, and you just you almost don't want him to be that self-aware, but he is. Years later, Boykov told the Russian news service Vigliad, I consider myself a proponent of a strong state. We respect very much our commander-in-chief Putin. And we have a unique capacity to support Russia from within a hostile state. That's Australia. Uh Even the FSB or a battalion of the Russian SAS can't achieve that because unlike them, we are citizens of this state. That's chilling stuff. He goes on to say, we organised demonstrations in support of the annexation of Crimea in 2014. It's a little dated, this quote. In support of our army in Syria. Oh, my God. In support of the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics. Yep. The profile article concluded, Boykov adds that while they cannot go into battle with sabres, Russian long rifles and Maxim machine guns as their grandfathers did, they can prosecute another form of war, an information war. Ah, self-awareness, too much. Yeah. This information war has seen Boykov enter the fray at anti-vax and anti-lockdown rallies. This is to my column. He sneers at police and calls for protesters to film the police and waltzes around rallies with a FTP sweatshirt. Film the police. His frequent rants often relate to criticism of police and associated, associated rhetoric that Australia during the pandemic 
pandemic has denied citizens fundamental freedoms. The talk has found favour in the so-called freedom movement and Boykoff's following and his support within the broad movement has grown. There was talk too that Boykoff would run as an independent in the recent New South Wales by-election in Stratfield in Sydney's West, but when the ballot papers were printed, Boykoff was a no-show. Yeah. And as I wrote on Wednesday, this is in referring to a column that I'd written uh, about uh, some external influences, not in Australia, about pro-Putin activists in Europe. Boykoff was present in, in federal independent MP Craig Kelly's parliamentary suite on 8 February when Kelly signed in a delegation and protested. Yeah, no self-awareness there. Craig Kelly, zero self-awareness. Simeon Boykoff, come into our parliament. You fucking idiot. All of this Through the reps entrance. Just, and you know. I'll go on to just to conclude all of this and presume it a lot more is known to our intelligence agencies. We must have faith and confidence that the agencies will act appropriately and always in the national interest. In another time and in different circumstances, many, if not all, the Aussie Cossacks would find themselves cooling their heels in internment camps, but that is not the solution in the here and now. And so that's it. You know, the, the only meaningful column I've ever really written about uh, about uh, Putin reference boycott. And that's it, you know. A boycott can't sue because it's true. And most yeah. of that column came from his came from his own mouth. And yeah. I was able to verify verify those quotes. Uh, as I went through. So absolutely right what he said in the past. And now I just want to go back to the Russian Foreign Ministry letter because they'd identified Boykoff and people saying nasty things about him, namely me and one or two others. A biased attitude towards the diaspora is periodically manifested by the Australian media against the background of their generally biased presentation of Russian topics. In August 2020, the online publication Inside Story uh, presented an article by Kay Wilson, retired intelligence officer who this report is a continuation of the ministry's efforts to draw attention to the problems associated with the violation of rights of Russian citizens and compatriots in foreign countries. That piece, God, that's a bit of nonsense, isn't it? That that piece by uh, by Kay Wilson, that 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 is that was the one that basically quote, quoted in, at some length Simeon Boy, what Simeon Boykoff had said about his early days at, at the monastery in Moscow. Yep. And it goes on it goes on to say, the Russian Foreign Ministry pays close attention to these issues in its work. As the analysis shows, since the publication of the previous report, not only has there not been any noticeable improvement in the situation in this area, that is Australia's relations with its Russian immigrants, but the situation has worsened many times over. Oh, the no. characteristic problems that can Compatriots faced in a number of countries that have persisted over the past years have been supplemented by the shocking total discrimination against Russians, okay. including diplomats, in connection with the special military operation carried out by the Russian Federation. Not a war, not an invasion, a special military operation carried out by the Russian Federation to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine. They're still saying that? Oh my God. Yeah, they do still say that. And that's it's where embarrassing. it is. Embarrassing. Boykoff, as many of our listeners will know, is in jail. Aww. He is awaiting sentencing after pleading guilty to two counts of breach suppression order, and we've reported on that in the podcast in previous weeks. We won't go into the circumstances of his offending on this occasion because you sort of start opening up what the suppression order is all about. We don't want to do that. But it follows a long history of conflict with police, allegations of domestic violence and abuse, and a financial mess, including non-payment of loans to finance companies. Yep, grandma. But he pleaded guilty. That's the main thing. He pleaded guilty to two counts of breach suppression order. Yeah. And that's a big takeaway from his appearance in Berwick Court a month ago and maybe he pleaded guilty because he thought he might be granted bail but the magistrate denied bail 
there was a very angry magistrate uh, mm. who, uh, who, who basically ordered Boykoff from the court and in handcuffs out to Silverwater Jail. Special exit. Yeah, denied bail, sending him to HM Silverwater for a month before his sentencing. Now, Boykoff may be released time served when he returns to court in July or he might get a longer stretch. I mean, yeah. the fact that he's gone away means that he's going to be sentenced to at least a month. Someone's pissed off. I mean, you know, he basically went up there and said, I've been told not to do this. This is definitely illegal, but how about I name this guy that may or may not be a pedophile? And the guy probably is. I mean, who knows? Who I mean, who like, that's for the cause to decide. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. It's for the cause to decide. And, the, and why that suppression order is in place. It is It is common to have suppression orders in, in regard to sexual assaults, and particularly around children. It is common to have those, to protect those victims. And he has no regard for that whatsoever. Anyway. He was warned by the police, do not breach your suppression order. He did it anyway. He was he was arrested not long after that. And he and he tried to film his arrest, which sort of you know, there was a there was a YouTube clip there that didn't. There was no theatrics. The cop was just bored of his bullshit. Yeah. Just wanted him to fuck off. Yeah. So, and like there's been a grift for legal funds and blah blah blah. And you know, Mrs. Mrs. Yeah, Boycott has been on Telegram, you know, rallying up the troops, but it's in half-hearted. There hasn't been the quite the energy that you know no, Mandela Monica Smith quite, had. It's quite noticeable. It's quite noticeable. I mean, look, when he did go to jail, he asked his supporters to to contact uh, the police uh, with uh, welfare checks. Yeah, they love the welfare check, which actually took police off. You know actual public safety staff. Yeah. Uh, and that was made, and that information was was provided by the police to the magistrate who got upset with that. Backfired then, completely. Then he turned up in the court and, and said, and you know, the magistrate said to him, I can see that this YouTube clip, which breaches the suppression order, and it's actually a publication which breaches the suppression order, the way the law says it, I see it's still up. And Boykoff replied, well, you know, if I get bail, I can take it down. I haven't had a chance to take it down because I was arrested straight away. <laughs> so basically you're trying to extort me into giving you bail. Yeah, it was that like was blackmail the court. It was brutal. The, you're, gonna, yeah. you're trying to blackmail the court. Take the prisoner away. Yeah. I'll, I'll, See you later, I'll, asshole. I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take sentencing. And, of I'll, course, proving the fact that someone else has his password, all of his videos got taken down, not by like some sort of YouTube takedown or some sort of federal court thing. They took down the videos, and now, recently, they've started being re-uploaded. So there's all sorts of backhanded nonsense going on. There's all sorts of things that are happening. We don't know, but what we do know is this guy's a shifty motherfucker, he's in jail, and there are people who are working his behalf outside of jail to Mm. basically keep his legacy alive, capitalise on this incident, and make the most of what is, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll let uh, let our listeners know how Boykoff gets on during sentencing. Oh, of course. For an offence like this, and with a fairly long list of antecedents, and I'm not necessarily talking about criminal prosecutions, but he has been extremely busy with law enforcement for the last six months, put it that way. Yeah. That will not serve him well. He will have to basically go cap in hand to the court, otherwise he could be looking at a, a you know, a sentence of perhaps another six to nine months. Oh, that's, yeah. that's my view. Probably shouldn't say that because... It is in process. Uh, the sentencing is under consideration uh, at yeah. the moment. Yeah, but any of all of that stuff, all of his activity with the police, all the fact that he's pleaded guilty to an offence under Australian law, no, that appeared in the Russian Foreign Ministry's letter. No, he's not sanctioned. Now, nor does include any mention that Boykov has allegedly, and I say that loosely, gives the term <laughs> loosely, harassed Ukrainian Australians attending church. There's film of it. You know, he, yeah. he actually will, and, and films it himself, rocking up yeah. and annoying people just for going to their churches. 
He's proud of it. It's disgusting. So there it is. I've been sanctioned for having a crack at Simeon Boykoff. I mean, I'm not a fan of Vladimir Putin, and I probably, you know, Vladimir probably doesn't know who I am. No, I wish the feeling was mutual, but <laughs> but uh, that's what I've been. That's what I've been sanctioned for having a crack at Simeon Boykoff and explaining to readers of the Oz who he is. Yeah, you know, I'm not complaining about it. In fact, I'm rather proud of it. But those who wondered, and many do, if Boykoff is an intelligence gatherer for the Russian government or one of its police apparatuses, like the successor to the KGB, the FSB, those people might wonder a little less now. I'm wondering less now myself. He's he's <laughs> definitely hooked up. And someone thought Boykoff was a fantasist, you know. I mean, he does do this cosplay stuff. I thought he was too until this. Yeah, he might still be one, he might still be one, but his links to Putin's Russia are there for all to see. Yeah. He is, is, if the Russian foreign ministry is, it is to be believed, uh, the ataman of the Australian Embassy Department of the Union of Cossack Warriors of Russia and abroad. God, that must make his dick hard, though. Oh, he must yeah. love that so much. Yeah, you're not going to need the really big business cards to get that printed on, too. <laughs> <laughs> just real big motherfuckers. Or just small print, <laughs> but, like, you know, it's hard. You, you don't want to be too small. And this is the problem, you see. So on this podcast and in Two Jacks, you know, we, where we wonder about what Putin is up to, it's a $64 question, and, and everyone interested in what, what is going on around the world is, is wondering just exactly what he's up to. And I'm no Kremlin watcher or I. You know, I'm an amateur criminal watcher, yeah. uh, and I have no particular expertise or experience in analysing what Putin's objectives might be. Uh, but those with academic and intelligence backgrounds are starting to come forward and saying, "Well, this is what we think he's up to." And so yeah. it is really, really worrying. Some of those are speculating Putin has much, much larger objectives, and it Ugh. might be speculation, but it is informed speculation, and is all we have to go on. And those yeah. people are saying that what Putin is interested in is is not limit, limited limited territorial gain, perhaps a sort of land bridge between Crimea and Russia through Donbass, as many others have speculated. Real experts in both Russian military capability and Putin's adventurism claims he wants the lot. Ugh. All of Ukraine. Here we go. This means a protracted war that will last years, ultimately crushing Ukraine and bring the world to its knees uh, by weaponising the supply of the three Fs, food, fuel and fertiliser, creating both a more lasting global food shortage and a deeper, more enduring energy crisis at once. Great. There are solutions to this, but they can't be done quickly, particularly that around fertiliser and energy. Yeah. They, can't, they can't be rolled over quickly. In the end, Joel, I looked at the uh, the GDP figures for, for Russia today, and in the first quarter, negative 14. 14? 14. 14. Fuck. The Russian economy has contracted by 14% uh, since, uh, since basically since the invasion began. Jeez. If that's sustained, basically Russia will be on its knees by this time next year. That is that is a recession of Oh that's 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 depression. That's depression. Yeah. That, it that, is. That, that, yeah. That's that's just not Two, two quarters of negative growth. That's prolonged negative and prolonged and, and exaggerated negative growth. Yeah. So, yeah, negative 14. The, the fact is that sanctions haven't really hit hard, haven't hit Russia hard yet on the streets, but they will. They will. Uh, and so there, we do have this sort of game of chicken going on with Putin Fuck. saying, I will, I, will, uh, I will basically destroy food supply around the world or do my best to, yeah. you know, Africa and the Middle East, etc. If you don't lose sanctions. And if you don't but if we don't list but if we don't lift sanctions, they're basically headed towards economic disaster. And it's just a matter of who pulls up first. Guys are fucking mad. That's man. my reading on it. 
Anyway, it's not hyperbole to say that in those circumstances, <clears throat> which are coming to the world in one shape or form anyway, you know, these food, energy crisis, fertiliser shortages, uh, it just depends on how bad they're going to be. And Putin's longer term objectives, you know, will be that millions will suffer, many will die of starvation. This is going to happen in the next year, regardless of what's happened, what, when when the conflict in Ukraine ends. This is going to happen. Many will die of starvation and disease and billions will be cast into poverty. That's going to happen. It just depends on how many. Oh, yeah. And the narrative aside is going to be completely jilted. Yeah. So I'm sanctioning. I'll pick a side. Pick a side, folks. It really is one of those moments, you know, where you've got to pick a side and I'm happy with my choice. I'm just upset I didn't make the list. It has been a huge week of Pete Evans, with Ponzi scheme Pete still <laughs> vaguely pushing Bitcoin despite the market absolutely shitting the bed. Ooh, and we have been covering this element of Pete's life for a while now, you know, since the Bitcoin dip. He's gone a bit quiet and going hard on the, you know, one remaining income source he has left, which yeah. is hawking $1,500 a night per person retreats. <laughs> Some of them involving amazing looking food, and some of them just involve starvation. It yeah. is a bit like that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's one or yeah. the other, you know. Take your pick. Eat like a king or eat like nothing. Um, did I say one remaining income source? I'm sorry. No, no. He's back on the sales circuit. He's oh. pushing one of the few remaining affiliate partners he has left, which is water filters. I'm sure oh. the people who make these are completely fluoride pilled. He's only dipping his toes at the moment, though, because I'm absolutely sure he's looking for more shit to hawk. But after the TGA slapped him, he's going to be a little bit careful because the most popular thing to vlog are supplements yeah, yeah. there's no z stack affiliate sales for pete not on your nelly pedro you have been warned he's been, yeah, been a little bit snookered he mm. has he's 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 been sanctioned He's, he's in that fine class of people along with Jack the Insider. So we have seen the pump and dump of Bitcoin. Other crappy cryptos go exactly to plan. Let's face it, rich whales with huge balances have used these media opportunities, these personalities on social media to get working class investors to throw their money into a huge unregulated cesspool market, which they could manipulate until the cash is gone and they had most of it. It is stunning how these conspiratorial types don't see the huge conspiracy behind the crypto scam. It's staring you right in the face. But the thing is, these people aren't conspiracy theorists. They don't join dots. They're not clever. They're just <laughs> fucking rubes who believe anything they're told as long as it's said through some kind of anti-authority mouthpiece. I mean, look, who would have expected, you know, crypto to collapse like this? I mean... Every single fucking sane human being on the planet, basically, had predicted this. We predicted this about a year ago, Joe. Well, yeah, through some very interesting times on the crypto market where a lot of people made a lot of money. See, yeah. look, if it was like a one of those like fiat currencies where it was backed by a government, I get that, but it's not. Yep, it's but not. it could also be pegged to the value of gold. It's not. But it could also just be pegged to the value of the graphics cards that are in machines yeah. that are generating these dumb fucking coins in the first place. That would at least be some kind of guarantee. But no, there's nothing. nothing. Not even that. So here we are. It's just a shitload of people have lost money. A shitload of them. And a lot of them being very normal people who just saw this get rich quick scheme and thought, oh, I can't I have to do it. I've got I've got a bank and I can, you know, I can throw some of it at that. I mean, that's yeah. what people like Musk did. Yeah. Well, I mean, Musk did well from his bitcoins. He's apparently still holding, but God knows whether he tells the truth or not. Investment yeah. firms like Goldman Sachs and BlackRock, they would have done just fine. I'm sure a mm. lot of big firms 
bought big bitcoins and sold at the right time. Oh, but Pete, he's not the club. <laughs> and in crypto, there's definitely a club. There are whales who move the market. And Pete, you're just not in the club. It's not in the club. You're not on the Telegram group. It's a select few. And Hasn't invite been invited. Has not been has, invited. Has not been invited. He's not used to that. He's usually invited. You know, he is, yeah. Footwear or, or no, it doesn't matter. So while a few of you listeners may have done a ride of the digital tulips, it is becoming quite clear that Pete's had a bad run of it. I'm speculating here, but he's been pushing Bitcoin on his followers for some time now. Um, but while he's been part of the pump, I don't think anyone told him about the dump. He's not in the club. It'll never go down. It'll never go down. No, it can't. It's the future. It's going to $500,000 of Bitcoin. You're a fucking rude, Pete. And the thing is, is that you are still trying to make other people join you on this cross. Ooh, that's bad. Why would you do that to people? I, I just, I find it so hard. Peace, love, and financial ruin. <laughs> so join, is, join me. Exactly. Join me in this cesspool of financial ruin. So he's made Alex Svetsky posted this incredibly pointless tweet, which Pete shared this week, and he said, More important than buying the dip is the willingness to go down with the ship. Oh, no. A world without Bitcoin where you own nothing, have no privacy, and are doped up on antidepressants and digital toilet paper dollars is not worth living in. Bitcoin or nothing. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, for starters, Alex, Calm your tits, because Bitcoin isn't forcing people to take antidepressants. And in fact, a lot of people choose to take them due to crippling depression because, you know, they have the freedom yeah. to do so. Man, mm. when I was pilled, I was in my early 20s, I thought SSRIs were going to kill us all. Uh, here we are. Not so much. Not so so much. aside from your complete lack of understanding of mental health, and that should be expected because you're a Bitcoin chill, you also wedge yourself into the whole WF nonsense about owning nothing and having no privacy. Don't think we didn't notice that little hat tip there, my friend. Yeah. It was clever, but it wasn't subtle. You think Bitcoin is going to change that? You are absolutely fucking deluded. Bitcoin and other smart contracts further entrench private ownership concepts, and the Marxists who are screaming from the rooftops to abolish property rights for right or wrong, are condemned by you fucking morons as Antifa <laughs> and communists. You agree, you idiots, but you're a fucking rube being played by bigger puppeteers and you don't even know your place I in know. this. I know. And this is why no one respects you. I mean, you talk absolute nonsense. The only thing that you offer people is some get-rich-quick scheme. And I tell you what, if they sold at the peak, they'd be very happy with you right now. But now people are losing money. And the reason why is because of this bullshit. Yeah. Quote, more important than buying the dip is the willingness to go down with the ship. This is the bullshit that makes the whales able to pump and dump currency yeah. while working class people are paying for their private jets. You know what? Get fucked. This is the entire mindset of someone who wants to share in the pain of the downturn after being promised the world and then having their investment just tank. And this is because throughout a prolonged period of market freefall, cunts like you told them to never sell under any circumstances while whales were just moving money around. And yes, extracting it for fiat currency mm. because that actually buys you stuff like toilet paper, you yeah. cretinous fucking lump. Yeah, so Bitcoin, which is fundamentally meant to be a currency that became a commodity because people are stupid and greedy, has tanked. 
And now you're pivoting from Bitcoin will make you rich to Bitcoin will make you free. <laughs> and we all know, because they keep fucking telling us in various forms and bumper stickers, that freedom ain't free. So yeah, bucko, it's going to cost you some money, but what's the alternative? It's antidepressants and toilet paper. Okay, cool. So you've got to suck it up, princess, because one day after all this freedom subsidy that you're throwing into this weird non-existent market, they'll build a statue in your honor. Well, they fucking won't. Why? <laughs> because won't. When you got burned by Elon's pump of Bitcoin through Tesla or you got burned by one of those countless influencers who told you to huddle Hoddle, never, never sell. Either way, mate, you are paying for rich people to get richer <laughs> under the guise of freedom and nonsense. But at the end of the day, Pete will be fine. He's, He's making about $20,000 a week fleecing idiots with starvation holidays and yoga classes. <laughs> and the rest of you, you've got jobs. Despite having told countless times to invest in Bitcoin to get rich, look, Pete's not worried about it because it's not really his problem that you lost your house and your wife <laughs> left you. I mean... You know, buyer beware, caveat emporre, go fuck yourself, but keep holding. 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 I hate it. I don't know about those $20,000 a week weekends, Joe. I don't reckon they're happening all that often. No, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. They're happening. He's doing good. He's doing good. That depresses me. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider on Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, we found on Twitter at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with AK. We've set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. And I must say, I did set up my Twitter handle a long time ago, but I didn't think I'd be putting it in the fucking back of a podcast <laughs> promoting a podcast easier said than done and please share the episode do something to help us get numbers just pump our thing because i tell you what the more listeners the more feasible this is because god it's tiring we do so much work get us out there and the patreon is up and running and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way Yes, my exasperated sires were definitely leading into the Patreon pitch because for as little as $5 a month, you can access all sorts of bonus content. And if you give us even more money, you get a bunch of other benefits, massive access to us, which is absurd because we're basically whores. You can watch us record a show. And sometimes I'm wearing very little. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. If we get to a thousand patrons, we promise that Jack will go to Russia and drink a schooner of Cobra blood with Vlad Putin before telling him to get fucked and probably viciously murdered afterwards. I'll tell him to get fucked. Get fucked, Vlad. And we love the grift. It's just that we're not as good at it as the cookers no, are. No, we're not. Help us. We're morally conflicted. Don't make us start flogging Z-Stack and brain supplements because we will. Mate, I've got a background in wellness. If you think I won't start flogging you vitamins, <laughs> you've got another thing fucking coming. In the meantime, vitamins. join up patreon.com slash the condition release program and don't make me sell you magnesium. Yeah, and we would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us you're a Russian FSB agent and you have a gift of underwear for Jack. New underpants, Ooh. new beauty. Oh, they smell funny, but it's fine. Hey, I'll put them on. Yeah, why not? Ah! Thanks, listeners. Thanks, listeners. See ya. Just get the size right. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards.